Hey, what's happening, everybody? This is Dennis Terrell of Terrell Knifeworks, and you and I are listening to the Work For It podcast, where the emphasis is on business in the workshop. You can support these guys for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year, and show your support by going to patreon.com forward slash work for it to find out more. $12 a year? That won't even buy two gallons of gasoline here in California. You might as well support these guys like I do so they can help us all work for it. So that's on you. <laughs> this is true. This is true. All right, let's do this. Hey, what's happening, everybody? It's the Work For It podcast. Today, it's Thursday. Could be Friday. Who knows? Who cares? That's right. That's it. We're here. We're working for it in our workshop today in the studio. Today, the man, the myth, the legend, Jeremy Gertz from Simple Little Life and Brian Cohn, B. Cohn Knives, and Benjamin Butler. Butlerbuilt.us, gentlemen. Full house today. Full, Full house. house. The royal flush. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Jeremy, you've got a lot of things happening in your in your life, and yeah. it's, we've we've tried to connect with you, but we know how busy you are because you've been sharing on social media your your transition over from. The, the the workshop and garage workshop that you were in uh, at your other house and then you're shifting away from that and you're moving into this big spacious uh, area now real quick I want the world to know right now that Jeremy and I are in a competition to see who can build out the bigger better <laughs> workshop Man. and I think I think Jeremy has me beat already but to, hey you, you know it's space. an ongoing thing I'm just saying What's your total square footage of your place? I'm at. Uh, oh, let's see. Now you got the at, whole kingdom. This, yeah, to this does, it's does, yeah, exactly. It doesn't even get, more. Are you talking Canadian square feet or United States square <laughs> feet? Which, which one? I, is, yeah, is it like hectares? I'm nah. actually at. Um, I'm at just under 2,500 square feet now. Okay. Okay. Cool. So You're I'm, at like 25,000. I like I how he's like, like, no, oh, no, no. Oh, that small. <laughs> Oh! (laughs) right now uh like the front of the shop i have access to and then essentially i bought my parents farm but the back half of it has all their stuff in it while their house gets finished so right now i'm at 2500 square feet but when i reclaim the back it'll be 5000 square feet of shop and then i've got like an office on that and then i also have a 40 by 80 foot barn that has a concrete floor yeah the barn was awesome yeah man that's so great what's it like to like most of us right nobody ever has enough space but i don't know dare i say you may have enough space you know it's like like a woodworker and clamps (laughs) you know you never have enough clamps to tell you yeah. the truth, it's kind of weird. Like, I'll this bet. was something like at the beginning of this year, this was not on our radar. This was something that came up. Um, a tough decision, actually. When my parents asked us, we took like two months to decide because, like, we just built our dream house. We've been in it for like four and a half years. Yeah. Uh, I just finished house projects like tiling the kitchen and tiling all the showers, and essentially it was done, done, done. And we were looking to eventually build a shop, something, you know, in the next year or two, something smaller than this, but. Um, I think the thing that kind of pushed us over the edge is we're like way closer to the city. And then in 1994, my sister and I were on the back of this little tree planting wagon. We planted 2000 trees here. 
Mm. And they're all, you know, I mean, it's, we've got like four foot tall trees at our old place. And so I don't know. I was just kind of like, ah, everything's done here. Right. Like, you know, the driveway's paved. It's like taking a 20 year step forward as far as yard work goes. Oh, bet. Yeah. Yeah. So we plan on doing, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was like, look, we plan on doing some house renovations because the house is a little dated. I mean, it's in fantastic mm-hmm. shape, but it's 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 like a grandparents' home kind of a deal. So, yeah, um, yeah, that, that's what we have planned. So it's not like it's we still have work to do here, but the shop is sure. nice. Yeah, that's funny because watching your videos. So, you know, I grew up in Pennsylvania on fifty acres of land, and it was kind of funny because just thinking. We've always joked, my wife and I, that between my parents' property, her parents have uh, like a hundred acre uh, like hunting camp set up. That's an old, a really nice old farmhouse that they fixed up, you know, enough to be a hunting camp. But we always joke that we're going to be land poor, <laughs> you know, <laughs> one of these days we'll inherit the ranch so to speak and it was like man that could that could be me someday holy mm-hmm. hell that would be weird <laughs> yeah i always i always think in terms of like i you i assume you didn't grow up in this house right no like you, I, were, you never lived there i lived there for like two years okay I left, so I left you were early right you were a young man and you you got out of the you got out of the um that house yep. and then i always think like in terms of if I were to ever inherit something of my parents, like like a domicile or a house or something, even a car, it's like it's their, yeah. like it's got their energy, and I have yeah. I would struggle to make it my own. I think, yeah. And I and I I do think there might be a, like watching some of your videos, I can see like the excitement in your face, but also see that some of this like, okay, I need to make this mine. I need to make this you know branded mm-hmm. to Jeremy and and all of that. So. What, like how are you doing that just by building it out i assume and you yeah know, you know it's interesting you say it. that because that's exactly how i felt like last summer my dad and my two oldest boys he paid them and they put all new tin in this shop so all the walls all the ceiling brand new tin and my dad hasn't punctured that tin for anything right i mean mm. there's no hooks there's no nothing screwed to the walls and when i first started setting stuff up in here I was like, oh, I can't do it. I can't touch it. And then I thought, wait a minute. You know what? I'm going to screw all I own this now. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> and I remember the very first thing that I punched a hole in the wall for. It was just a little screw so I could hold my level, like to hang my level up with. And I kind of felt guilty, but I'm like, nope, nope. We got to make that first one. We got to puncture this tin and, you know, an irreversible hole. And since then, I've been doing it a whole bunch more. But I yeah, know it's, it's totally weird. And, and yeah, we felt that way. It's like, what I do here? What I do here? And same with the house. We're just like, you know what? We're just going to throw our pictures up on the wall. We may end up having to move them as we adjust furniture and stuff. But yeah, you just got to be like, hey, this is mine. I'm doing it now. And so now do you yeah. take a photo of that hole and send it to your dad <laughs> and <Right>. go, take <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, I am he, now pissing on my fire hydrant. <laughs> it is mine now. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he opened the door. He, he came in to get what, some of his stuff from the back, and he's walking. What's that level stop. doing on the wall yeah. over there, Jeremy? How'd you <laughs> hang that with a magnet? Like, <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> That's right. It is funny though, because like going through our basement flood, you know, at some point, you know, it's it, it's just things, you know, and and it's so easy to forget. I mean, I grew up, and, I, and I've said this a bunch that 
I grew up in a place where I was very, very connected to that place, right? Mm -hmm. I had a, I still to this day have a deep connection to that land, to that area, you know, the whole nine yards, um, very nostalgic, but also just, I think in a lot of ways, it sort of molded me, you know, for life in, in a lot of respects, but there's a lot of folks that don't have that. You know, I think about kids today growing up in subdivisions or, you know, some very vanilla. There's there's a lot of very vanilla construction going around Boise. And my wife and I always kind of joke like, is this is this the dream? You know, is this mm-hmm. is this the this is the dream, huh? So you the know, old cookie cutter houses. Yeah, going three one houses by, down. One. It's the exact same thing. You know, um, four patterns in the whole subdivision, and there's a thousand units there. You know, just. I don't know. It's. I think it's. It seems like your 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 place now that you that you're moving into. It seems like that's a place where you really build that connection. You know, and, mm-hmm. and I don't know the if trees it's space. Or, I think yeah. the trees. That's a great. Uh, that one thing got to me be too. able to come back to, and yeah. see the fruits of your labor. You know, you're you're wandering around a forest that you and your sister planted together, and now you yeah. own this. It's going to stay in the family. I mean, that's a pretty strong. Yeah. A strong emotional yeah. connection to the land, which m- most people don't have. Yeah. And I think that's like to tell you the truth. My dad was almost insistent that we not almost, but I could tell he desperately wanted us to buy this from him because he has such a strong connection. This is like his, yeah. you know, like he put up a, a zip line. So we've got like a 350 foot long zip line here that oh, goes nice. like he's got a rock climbing wall getting up to it. I would say it starts out about. 25 30 feet up and just Whoa, goes clear nice. across it's no joke like it, you yeah. get falling and it's you know he, he's done all this stuff um yeah this was his dream absolutely yeah. and then uh, the reason they're moving is my mom has a degenerative nerve disease and so mm. they're building an accessible home okay. and uh and so yeah they're building a house in strathmore with an elevator in it and stuff like that and it's it's a lot of yard work too right i mean sure uh, you're always checking the trees and if they've got bugs and you got to spray them for this oh, and then you got to rototill yeah. in between it's it's hours and hours a week i mean right now we've got young boys to help us out young men our sons so yeah. but i can see it. It, was, it was getting a lot for my folks you know they're like ugh. It's yeah. just, you know, kind of gets to you be You start too to much. see that, you know, like we we did a very similar thing. The, the place I grew up uh, on was an old reclaimed strip mine and it was just all shale. And, you know, when they when they strip mine, they come in, they basically remove the whole mountain until they get to the coal. They pull mm-hmm. the coal out and then just throw the shit right back on top and then maybe scatter some grass seed and away they go, you know. Mm. Um but when my stepdad bought it, you know, it was, there was, I can remember as a kid, you'd look up on the, the hillside and there was nothing but grass, you know, mm. and then around the hill, they, they put sort of ditches in for erosion control. So there's maybe six, six ditch ways going around the hill. And back then, uh, the Pennsylvania Game Commission had a program where you could get little seedling trees. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them were pines and, you know, every now and then you'd get a, a batch of some decent uh, species. But my stepdad uh, was a conservation officer, not for the game commission, but for the county. So he had some connections to these game commission folks. And every year he'd get what was left of the trees. Hmm. So 
I don't know, we probably, you know, similar to you, several thousand trees with a spud bar, you know, walking <laughs> yeah. that hill as a kid, like child labor. And, yeah. Now he's out there, you know, brush hogging and cutting all the brush and everything else. And I'm like, that's all our fucking hard work. <laughs> you, know, like, you know, how long it took to plant those trees, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's a never ending battle. Yeah. So, uh, Jeremy, I'm curious, uh, what does this look like for you professionally? Because opening up this amount of square footage to somebody like you, your brain has to be thinking, what can I do here to make money or make more money or or business wise? Is there any plan for that? Uh, oh, to, yes. you know, change things up a bit for you? Oh, yeah. Um, so like a lot of what we do at Christmas time is my wife's Etsy business. And it's just it's incredible. And so basically the back of the shop is going to be a shop for that. So it'll be a full-on woodworking nice. shop, you know, its own dust collection. The, the way we did it before is basically during the Christmas rush season, I couldn't make knives because I had so much woodworking equipment in the garage. And yeah. we'd even move the vehicle outside and, you know, you get your planer, drum sander, routers and chop saws and stuff. Well, now I'll be able to have all that stuff like permanent, like it will not move. And so I'm really looking forward to that. So that will help out to just it makes everything more efficient, right? Like before I literally would, I would plane all these boards and then I'd have to put my planer out in the shipping container and then I'd bring in my chop saw and I'd cut them all up and then I'd put that out and then, and it was just constantly, constantly. And so this is just going to allow that to be fully set up. And then, um, in the front part, like it's going to be a mix of motorcycle. My boys, you know, they got a good place to work on their bikes and stuff now. And then I'm actually thinking I need to get a couple more grinders and I would like to start doing some classes out here. Um, nice. I've done a few classes, um, had a couple guys come up from the States and stuff and weird doing it out of your garage. <laughs> you know, it's right, kind of like, cause it's your house. Yeah. 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 And, and they literally came into my living room for lunch yeah. and I mean, they're great people. We had a wonderful time, but, um, you hear, I mean, I've got an entire office beside the shop, which is, I don't know how many it's, it's big. Like it's a, it's bigger than my garage was. And so, you know, dedicated lunchroom. It's like when, if people come here for a class, I mean, I could have like six, eight people and it's like, here, here's a table, set your coats and all your accoutrements down there and then lunch and we can get lunch delivered and let's just go to lunchroom and eat lunch. It's, it's a little bit more legit, you know? Yeah. yeah. And then I like uh, that so concept. Nice. Yeah. There a lot could, easier to ensure too. There could be a big business too. in that too. Yeah. I mean, not, not just from, you know, I went out to Kilroy's in Colorado. Mm -hmm. And it, and it's about a, like a 10,000 square foot facility, welding, blacksmithing, you know, all these different things. Yeah. And I was there for a week and I got a, a, a real taste of what it was like to be in an educational makerspace, right? Hmm. There's just all yeah. kinds of things to use there. But what really blew my mind was how many people were rotating in and out of there, taking regular classes, not just during the day, but at night. So, oh, wow. you know, we're in there working from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. And there's just a constant stream of people coming and going, paying to to learn yeah. these skill sets. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, I think this is all good stuff, man. I think you're right on the right track. And then also I wanted to you. I'm sure you follow April Wilkerson and her mm -hmm. journey with 
you know, she's got these saber machines where she's cutting wood and all of that. Like, I'm sure now with the, the square footage and some of your media influence, you might be able to get connected with some of these companies and yeah. put in, you know, a, a four by eight or a five by 10 wood CNC where you could really expand your wife's uh, business and have it yeah. more automated because now you have the room to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen, um, oh gosh, uh, two moose, two moose design. Yes. I think. Yeah. They're out they, of Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. They're kill. They kill it on Etsy. Um, in fact, both of them, that's, it's pretty much the only place they sell. I, I think, um, they built a new building a couple years back. I was in some ways kind of surprised they didn't go a bit bigger. They still have fairly small, I think, two by four CNC or maybe a couple of them. But yeah, it's uh, it's square footage is always the thing, you know, yes. I, I, when you're I think always about limited it, by that, you're always limited, limited by that. And and when I was in my old workshop, which was just under 600 square feet, I was making decisions based upon that square yeah. footage footprint. Yeah. I, I was not able to do certain things. And when I did the, 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 when I looked at my business model and I said, okay, I need to, I have to have this much growth every year in order to achieve my goals. That square footage was just simply the, the main uh, uh, bottleneck of all of yeah. my abilities. So I was like, well, you know, it really makes sense. It's expensive, but in five years we'll be able to pay everything off and we'll be able mm-hmm. to move forward. And that, is you know you're like you said jeremy you're 20 years now ahead and you've got your father who you know built that place put it all together so he's like this endless resource of hey you know i'm running a new wire like where would that one go or you know i'm sure you could just like call him up and ask him anything about those buildings and he would know the answer so that's a really cool uh feature as well and something kind of interesting is like my dad ran his business out of this shop for a while that's the reason he built it that's and cool. I actually did my entire millwright apprenticeship while employed in this shop. So it's kind of cool, you know, like when oh, I first started cool. on the tools, this is where I cut my teeth on, you know, run, I've spent hundreds of hours running a lathe in here and a milling machine and welding and yeah. uh, built a doom buggy here when I was like 17. And then to come back and just is, is humbling. Like you walk in here, I just look around. I'm like, like, I remember we had like 10 guys working in this space and yeah. this is mine. It's, and it's all it's yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the and irony know, is right? that lathe moved. You moved that yeah. lathe from that shop to your house to like about home. a year ago. And mm-hmm. then now you have to move it back. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> well, and almost destroyed and it in the process. Right. I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I felt, we were supposed to. We were kind of scheduled to record possibly last week. And then. Yeah, I was I was hauling this thing. I had it in the barn. When I brought it here, I didn't have room to put it. So it was pouring rain. So I just tucked it away in the barn. And I'm like, okay, I need to get this. One of the last things to set up was a lathe and uh, brought it over. And I didn't have it right tied up against the, uh, against the you know, the headache rack or whatever. I kind of had it more in the middle of the forks. And I mm-hmm. forgot, like, there's an incline coming down from, or decline when you're coming out of the barn. And I didn't think it was that top heavy and the whole thing started to lean over. <laughs> oh man, what a disaster. And it's kind of, you know, when something tips and it's leaning on something and you feel oh, that if you worst. sneeze, it's going to go all the way. Mm. So yeah. I ended up driving it into the grass because at least the grass would kind of catch the bottom. So it wouldn't kick out a little bit. 
And then like real podunk hillbilly, I had come-alongs going up to trees. (laughs) Oh, I had this electric winch, had all this stuff. And and when it tipped, it spilt a bunch of the oil out. So you see this big oil path going down the the ramp to the barn and going into the grass. It's like, what happened here? But (laughs) thankfully, the only damage was the main wheel that moves the carriage, you know, in and out of the headstock. Uh, That wheel snapped off but i'm actually I, the way deal. it broke yeah i'll be able to braise it back together so yeah or oh, just man. make a new one on your lathe. i just say the nice yeah, thing about those right. machines is they can rebuild themselves yeah yeah, yeah. that's what they say yeah so oh, exciting yeah. times jeremy exciting yeah, times fun. i and yeah. i think too the other part of this is you've got you know your boys are growing up and it gives you you know if you ever did start something that needed people to work in there uh, you have the staff already kind of built in and, you know, maybe they can learn some ends of the business if they decide they want to get into that. And it doesn't feel so cramped and like you're doing it out of your garage. I mean, there's just like a million things you could do with that space. So, yeah, super jealous, yeah. by the way. Yeah. I am like insanely <laughs> jealous, not of the temperature in which you live, the, the, that whole thing. But like this, I, I'm a, I'm a Florida boy at heart. But I'll tell you what, man, the, the space just looks amazing. And the story behind it, too, is awesome. So. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations. You deserve well, it, you. by the way. Every bit of it. I don't know about that, but I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. It's You're been welcome. fun to see. Uh, it, it, like, there's been a good number of folks recently, right, in the makersphere, you know, that are that are really, I, I, I don't really like the word blowing up, but, you know, expanding and, and making, I guess, what I, more traditional legit business right um where you know the trend was for a long while social media was enough youtube's enough uh, but you're starting to see folks branching into physical products and into large spaces and it's Mm -hmm. really cool to see yeah i think the other fork is uh you're seeing a lot more familiar faces on uh, Netflix and you know on quote TV if you will mm. but it's kind of been neat to watch a lot of a lot of folks really hitting it big which is awesome speaking of blowing up I had a reel on Instagram <laughs> explode so we were going to do a um, like a 10,000 follower thing on Instagram where mm-hmm. it was going to like you know whatever like make a big deal out of that well, then I had then I started working on the the ribbon burner project, and uh, I came up with that press plate die plate idea yeah, where you know cool. you throw that yeah, yeah and you, you know it's not a new concept it's you know people do this all the time it's just that it's new to me I've never done it before and I did it all with tube steel so it looks you know it's like really rudimentary looking and whatever else so I just made a quick reel about you know just taking the plate setting it in there and then crushing it and having the walls fold up and. Uh, Right now, it's like, uh, I think it's at 4.3 million views. Yeah. That is like oddly satisfying pornography. Yeah. When did you post that? (laughs) That was just this week, wasn't it? Like two days ago or something? Yeah, it was like three days ago I posted it. So ridiculous. So so here, let me explain to you what happens when a video on Instagram goes to 4.3 million views. You have to turn off your notifications. It is absolutely distracting. There's so many comments and mostly positive. But then there's like, you know, that the random turd that wants to like (laughs) tell me I'm doing it wrong, which I probably was, you know, whatever. But, you know, it's it's one of those things. And then uh, 
I'm getting like a thousand followers a day wow. on Instagram. Nice. So That's awesome, man. So like the old days, baby. So yeah. So I wanted to bring that up because I feel like I had been behind on Instagram because I joined late and I, you know, I was thinking 10,000 is just like, whoa, holy cow, that's amazing. And then when you see these numbers like a thousand a day, you start to really get a sense of how powerful Instagram really is, because up until this point, you know, I really didn't know. It's hard to even get a metric on even my sales on my website because Instagram doesn't allow linking. So, like, I can't even track you know, if somebody goes to my Instagram feed, right. looks at a video, then leaves that video, opens up a web browser and buys something from my website, my website doesn't know where that person mm. came from. It has you know no what you idea. see? The problem, the problem oh. with that, though, is is hitting that four million view count is such a lottery, though, because you can you can make the same level of you're of, so right video you can have the same level output and it just doesn't blow up it's it's totally the does it does it yeah. get to a bunch of people really quickly and just do the acceleration or does the first person who see it not push that like or not comment and all of a sudden it, has it just to goes do down timing it has yeah. to do it's the timing the content so, it has to do yeah all, all those things stuff. played a role and here's what's super interesting is that instagram i can tell they're pushing this video right around seven o'clock at night. So they're exposing my content to people right around seven o'clock. And that's when my phone just starts going, bang, 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 you know, yeah, like crazy, here, like, bro. and it's doing it every day. And then I wake up in the morning long. and a majority of the followers are from other countries, you know, that you can look yeah. at the metrics when you see that. But then I was exposed to 43% of new followers just in the u.s as well See, that's so wow. rare so, right now because i can remember weird. like i can remember looking at analytics three four years ago and i can honest to god remember in group dms people complaining that their followers weren't seeing their shit yeah that instagram that still was, happens. Pu- that is, was pushing pushing i can tell you that still happens <laughs> oh it does still happen but it was but like in hindsight it was kind of a funny thing to think about because in reality you want instagram to push it to new people right like besides your fault fo- you know you want your followers to see it but also if you want to grow if sure. instagram's pushing it to to new people then that's a good thing you know because i can remember somebody making that comment and then i brought up like well wait a minute if you're looking for numbers you want them to be pushing that shit uh but it didn't hasn't felt like they've been pushing so it's good to know that they are you know And, and this is something too that i wanted to chat with jeremy about because you know jeremy you've been in the social media game for a long time and you're still primarily, I would say, YouTube focused. I mean, if wouldn't yeah. you agree? Yep. Um, yeah. So, you know, I had a few people who are not in the social media space, by the way. These are just people who are, are hearing rumblings about YouTube and it's losing its influence and how people are shifting away from long form content, which I disagree because, you know, I can see these people who I've followed for years, Andrew Camerata is a classic example of someone who makes long form content on you on YouTube and people sit and watch 30 to an hour, 30 minutes to an hour worth of his content once a week. 
and yeah. he's just blowing up. I mean, people are sitting and watching his content. And so do you have any more like, you know, the last time we spoke, you you had said, you know, at some point you just felt like it, it, you didn't need to really worry about it anymore. So you don't really focus on it as much, but you're still creating content because you love doing it. Would you say it's still very beneficial to you to make content on YouTube? And what's your, you know, what's your take on when someone says like, hey, YouTube doesn't really have the power it used to have? Yeah, like I, I definitely agree that things have changed. Um, you know, like most anyone who starts a YouTube channel, you do it because it's fun or it looks like a really cool thing to do. And, um, you know, in the beginning when I'd started my channel, uh, like when I had around 20,000 subscribers, I made way more money than I do now. Even with, if I get more views now, it's just the adpocalypse and because it's uh, knife, generally knife content, it, it's very low on the CPM scale. Like I can't, you know, compared to if I were doing a makeup tutorials or something like that, I'd probably like get about four times to five times more ads sold on my videos. But are you considering that at all? Doing makeup videos? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Good. I'm good. I'm gonna work on you know how to hide hair for like if your lack of hair <laughs> and how to make your head look really good and not not too shiny yeah. on camera. Hey man, I would appreciate that one. Let me tell <laughs> you, Brian would subscribe. Yes. <laughs> Powder puffing to bald guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, the thing is, is is that with YouTube, you you know, like the last time I said I wouldn't really care if it all went away, and I I still kind of feel like that, but also not in that there is a a core audience that's been there for a long time and I recognize them in the comments and I feel the same way, like the same loyalty to some of my favorite YouTube channels and I'm just not gonna change, right? Like I'm just, I was kind of looking back to when I had the biggest growth and um, you know, I was just kind of posting whatever and, and then I made a decision to do like only knife stuff and I started a second channel and I'm finding that terribly difficult. Um, at the same time, like every time I put up a new video about my uh, shop, I'll get like, 20 comments that say, when are you going to build a knife? <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. People don't have enough hole. going on. I've got yeah. some videos like halfway done of, of knife builds and stuff like that. But, and it's true. Like you kind of get success if you find a niche and, you know, dial down in that. But at the same time, it gets dull and boring. Um, so I don't yeah. know. I, th I think, well, this, we're in... oh, go ahead. So this, this is something that I've done a lot of thinking on because, uh, like you, you, you know, like you started a second channel and I've watched you struggle getting growth on that, which surprises me because, you know, you're, you're, you create really great content over there on just your personal yeah. channel. And I thought too, at one time, and you, you and I had even discussed this in the DMS, like a couple years ago, where I asked you, like, do you think it's beneficial? Like, and you said, mm -hmm. I don't really know to be, to be honest. Uh, because, you know, if you look at like Bob Claggett, he just does whatever the hell he wants and he just yeah. makes content around whatever the hell he wants yeah. and he doesn't. But know, he's also himself. pretty. He's a deliberate generalist. Oh, I right? get that. part. And, yeah, uh, totally. He, is. he yeah. rides whatever waves come, you know, just right. It's interesting. Yep. And his audience is bought into that. You know, they yeah. they know that if they open up a Bob video that he could be building R2-D2 or he yeah. could be expanding his office or whatever, building a door right. or whatever it is. Right. They understand that part of it. When they look at when I look at Simple Little Life, I think knives immediately because that's what I was, you know, that's what I was indoctrinated into. And it's mm -hmm. hard for me to switch gears. However, when I see you building tooling and building out your workshop and even your vlog style videos, 
I, 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 I don't, I could care less on what channel that's on. I'm mm-hmm. bought into Jeremy, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, I decided recently two things. Of course, Jeremy has a significant influence on me because I trust the things he says. Like I listen to your work and I see the things you're doing, Jeremy, and I can tell that you put a lot of time and effort and energy and thought into the things you do. And one of the things a while back you did was you switched away from Canon and went into the Sony world. And I have decided to do the same thing. And I know that sounds like a weird segue, but it 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 ties in because I have decided that I'm going to make semi weekly content in my workshop based on my day to day activities. And I'm not going to call it a vlog because that's suicide. It (laughs) is a vlog. But it's not a vlog. And I'm going to be shooting it all with my new Sony Alpha 7C, which is just a full frame Sony small camera. But um, it's it's you can change out the lenses and stuff. Um, yeah. And I, and I, for a, ser- a long series of reasons drove me to that decision of switching. I'm not switching fully away from Canon because I'll still keep my 90D. I love that camera. But um, when I, I started so really looking into uh, full frame 4K small cameras for vlogging, uh, Sony was like by far the everyone says yeah. that's the way to go. And then, of course, you know, Jeremy, you went into the Sony world not too long ago, too. Um, Just with one camera. Just with, I, I, so are you are you using both still? Like, are you doing the Canon switchover? Like, you yeah. you go back and forth. So I'll basically, like, I had the the Canon G Seven X Mark II, which was a great point and shoot vlogging camera. Loved it. The audio was fantastic. It was one of those ones where you just turn it on, and the results were yeah. pretty darn good. Like, I was blown away. And I ended up getting audio issues. I'd sent it back for repairs numerous times. Dropped it like probably a hundred times. And uh, it was time just to switch up the the. The one that replaced it, the Mark III from Canon, had serious autofocus issues. And so just for a simple vlogging camera, I picked up the Sony ZV-1. Yes. Um, nice. I got just, the just, ZV-E10. Yeah, okay. yeah that's, they're both the same camera, basically, but the Z-1 but the, is the newer one. Yeah. And the 10, you can, uh, it has interchangeable lenses. So oh, okay. the one, I think, has just a fixed lens. Yeah. And then yeah. mine, you can put any um, E-mount lens on. Yeah. And then for, for more, like making videos, if it's an actual project, I use a Canon M50. And then oh, I've, no I've got some decent fast glass for that. You know, the Sigma has some nice lenses and stuff. And then um, I actually bought a Canon EOS R, but I'm not filming with that. It, it's kind of like a, a gift to myself around Christmas time and just to kind of get me back excited about photography. And right. it's so tempting. I'm like, oh, I should just turn this on. And, you know, it's got all the different things. I should just use this for my YouTube. But I'm like, nope, this is a ph- photography camera. So right. that that might change if I get a different one. But Well, I keep thinking about the Nifty 50, right? And yeah. so I've people ask me yeah. about this all the time. Like, what lens do you shoot with? And I always have to tell them with the caveat, like, look, if you're shooting in a garage, like this, don't attempt the the the, the fifty millimeter because you <laughs> yeah. won't have enough room, you know, to shoot yeah. things. I, that's uh, my problem I'll, right now. Yeah. Well, then I'm thinking now you've got this huge open space, right? You've this huge workshop. The bokeh in your workshop is gonna be like oh, creamy and all the different lights. You know, you've got those doors where you can open things up. So, you know, from a cinema, a cinematic level. 
you know, using that 50 millimeter lens in that big workshop is just going to be so good. You know, you're yeah, going to get yeah. that that real um, tons of light with a focal length and just that real thin, you know, I can you could focus on like a pinhead and everything around it will be blurry. Yeah. It'll be yeah. Blurry, Do you have so. thoughts, Jeremy, on uh, on uh, the house made uh, uh, what you call it? Softbox crane. I, you know, that thing's. I mean, that thing. I've thought about it. Um, it's so awesome. Oh yeah, and High caliber then, builds did one too, where it's a gantry style. So it's like an up. Yeah, it's like a vertical. Cool. Austin did that, but he can slide his lights left and right too. <laughs> yep. So that's pretty cool. Every time I think about it, though, I think about the fact that it fell down once. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm scared. No. I'll tell you what. Well, I, after you I share that, that I same sentiment, Jeremy. I'm always right. thinking about it as I'm walking underneath it. So I have a new sense of fear yeah. every time I walk into my workshop. What do you mean I, you a hard know, I, hat when you're grinding I knives? A, uh, <laughs> I stuck a softbox on my ceiling. Of course, my shop's tiny, but it, it does. It's, it's like totally utilitarian too you know it's like great yeah. uh lighting for work yeah and photography and i just put you know i got a damn parachute cord holding mine up but <laughs> you know yeah. the ceiling's only seven feet high but i can lower it down easily and yeah it makes a big difference mm -hmm. that's one thing i'm super stoked on is that um like i picked up a, a decent light just with one of them and a nice big softbox and before, you know, it, if it was a real choice, it's like, am I going to use it today or not? And if it was, I had to commit to it. And that meant moving things around anytime I wanted to move it around. And so yeah. here, all I did is I made a big, heavy steel base out yeah. of some four inch C channel. And I actually put sandbags on that. And so, I mean, I can just push this thing around. Yeah, it's always, around, yeah. always set up and it's just a matter of plugging it in and using it. So I'm excited about that. And then um, in the grinding room too, I'm going to put basically just a bar overhead that I can put one of those Manfrotto magic arms. Oh, and yeah. that way I'll be, and I'm just gonna leave it set up in there. And then just, you know, for overhead grinding shots. Mm. Before I really couldn't do them because I didn't have, like I didn't have any big boom arms or anything like that. But now that the ceiling in there is low, it's actually gonna be really advantageous to grinding because it's boom, you know, directly. You can see exactly yeah. what I'm looking at when I'm grinding. So I have thought about that a lot, like setting this up and how am I gonna film and, mm -hmm. In the process, Man, you know, you go through. You, uh, once you get a softbox, though, like for folks that don't have one, even if you're not all that serious about YouTube or anything, even just a cheap little softbox is a game changer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Let me tell you, I mean, I, of course, have my video guy, Kyle, come in when I when I shoot the big videos and he brings in his massive soft boxes. And then the next day I'm working in my shop and I'm trying to shoot my own videos on my, yeah. on my iPhone. It's like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Light is so important. It is one of those things. If you don't have good light, it's, you know, it doesn't matter what camera you're using. It's going to be very yeah. difficult to capture the moment. And, and I, you know, and I, one of the things I always think about too is um, Jocko, uh, when oh, he moved yeah. into that new yeah. big space and he has that, um, C stand kind of like what you're describing with just that huge, you know, six or eight foot, um, softbox yeah. on it. And there's these kind of iconic scenes where he's working and prototyping at something. And he, you just had, he just has this huge, like, you know, big umbrella behind him filled yeah. with light and he's working and he's you know, probably it's, like it's the, the same king concept. Of that. Yeah. yeah. He's like the king of that. Right. Or he kind of, at least he was one of the first guys I saw kind of in the maker world that I'm, I'm thinking about his like machine shop room where he 
built that uh he built that overhead almost like I don't know what you call it, patio roof. And then he put all this greenery, like plastic fucking plants in that thing. And, you know, it's like he, he, he's very intentional about the aesthetic for filming mm -hmm. as much as he is for making, you know, which is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta yeah. love a good Jocko video. It's been a yeah. while. Yeah, I haven't seen too much from him. Yeah, I don't know. He's always working on something. I mean, who knows? Yeah. He's, he just he's released another product. I forget what it was, but yeah. Well, yeah, hey, I mean, I've got a, I've got something here that I was told that I need to open up on the, uh, on the podcast. It's from one of our patrons, Mister Neil Warren of Maximus Knives. You guys want me to open mm -hmm. something? And he wants Sarah to get involved. So, Sarah, you down, you down there, Sarah? Let me set this up a little bit. So. Let me go ahead and set this up real quick. So a little bit of a secret project I've been working on this past week is we are going to be doing interviews on this on the Work For It podcast separate from the actual show. Basically one on one on one cool. conversations with people so that, you know, hey, we can we can get some more people talking in in and on the show and whatnot. The one of the first ones that I'm going to be putting out or we're going to be putting out is Neil Warren for Maximus Knives. And he made, yeah, well, let me, Brian, go ahead and start opening up that, that package because this thing is crazy. Okay. So it, it came with a note from Neil. Um, uh, hold on one second. I'm asking Sarah to come up because uh, he asked if Sarah would be here for this. And it says, uh, Brian and Sarah, these items are a gift for both of you. As a growing pillar for the maker community, it helps having such an amazing foundation. So it came upon me to give my first folder to Sarah to honor how much she does behind the scenes. The matching medallion challenge coin goes to Brian to be able to always carry a piece of your foundation with you anywhere you may go upwards oh, awesome. and onwards and it's wrapped in this brown paper sarah this is a gift from neil warren this is the box that came to the house yesterday and he wants you to open it so okay. all right that's cool she's she's standing Very here go cool. ahead go ahead and open it okay. and open the paper on microphone like right here so we can oh. get some asmr in here. yeah <laughs> that's it oh that's it that's no, the king of you're the king of oddly satisfying pornography here <laughs> all right it's, a, it's wrapped in a blue uh, towel here and we got a maximus knives business card and oh this is a medallion What's that? it's it's his, his challenge coin medallion that's uh looks like some damascus some leftover cool. g10 that was very cool and that's Ooh. oh that's the folder that you liked remember you said that you like this one so much we this talked about awesome. this on wfi projects as well nice. yes we did great. here get lean into the microphone and say thanks thank you so much this is really pretty let's go cut some stuff with it yeah, we're gonna <laughs> yeah it's nice. what is that that is um, it's like a gold and black Damascus. I think it's, you'd have to ask Neil, but it's probably from Baker Fortune Tool. Probably it is from Baker Fortune Tool. Is it? Is. Okay. Yep. yep. So what was, what was Thank funny you, about that? Neil. Thank yes. you. It's our first friction folder. Yes. Yeah. That's cool. I married was, a woman who loves knives as much as I do, which is, <laughs> there you go. Which is fun. Nice. 
What was funny about that is when we brought that up on WFI Projects, I knew that it was for you and I had to bite my tongue. Oh, no oh. kidding. <laughs> you knew That's this so already. Dumb. Yes, I did. <laughs> That's funny. That I love really it. Cool. And that that's one of the reasons why I love this community so much is, you know, people we get, um, you know, I've I've been blessed to have a lot of really awesome people around me and support my work. And, uh, you know, if I put a call out there and say, like, hey, everybody send me some stickers, I'll do a sticker swap. I forget the amount yeah, of big, people who yeah. are paying attention to that and then like i'll go out to my mailbox and it's stuffed like stuffed i've got probably right. 50 letters in there all with stickers in it from nice. everybody who's following along so it's just it just blows my mind the the, the community yeah. and it's awesome stuff man. Mm-hmm. awesome like my grandma used to say, I wish I'd have been born rich instead of so damn good looking. <laughs> Speaking of the community, I am going to real quick uh, give a shout out to our patrons. Uh, I believe we have some some new ones here. Do, 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 do. Let me look. We do. Well, uh, yeah, we have. A, I believe we have one new one this week. So I'm going to just read through these really quick. Jim Muhick is our new our new uh, patron. Uh, we appreciate you, Jim. Knives welcome, by Nuge. Yeah, welcome, Jim. Knives by Nuge, Brian Hunt, Paul Balletta, Danny Gallant, Nathan Scott of Nathan's Knives, Kelly from Unlimited EDC on Instagram, E Rose Knife Co. on Instagram, Noah Jacobs, which is NJ Custom Knives, Ethan J. Taylor, our resident chocolatier, Gilles Petier uh, at Pellet Knives, Dustin Shaner, Spencer over at Heavy underscore Forge, Aru Bladeworks, Jason Duguay at Whiskey Delta Metalworks, Darren at Stormlight Forge, Coy Baker of Baker Forge and Tool, Austin Saunders of High Caliber Craftsman, Parable Knives, that's Manny G, Jake Largin, Gage Broski, Bremer Built Knives, Brian Hinnenkamp of Tortuga Bladeworks, Ron Hips at RH Maker Solutions, New Forest Forge, that's Stu Middleton, Zachary Sowell at Peter Patter Nostri Fabrica, Timber Tiger Forge, Chris Magnus, Woodland Iron, that's Tony over at the Working Hands Podcast, appreciate you, Tony, Lando Novak at the Abstract Blacksmith, he's uh, another fellow Canadian up there uh, near you, I believe, um, Jeremy. Yeah, uh, he's. I think you've been on their podcast, haven't you? The um, yep. Forge Side Chat. Yeah, you betcha. Um, oh yeah, uh, Kyle Daly at Cage Daily Knives. Adrian Brielle at Adrian Brielle underscore Forge. Todd Harrington of Th Blades. Eric Andrews at Sourwood Creations. Sven Nord Artisan. Chris Larson at the Midnight Maker. Reaper Metalworks. Ira Housework. Jeremy of Four One Nine Forging. Toby Mural of You Knife Maker Supplies, Dustin Yahima at Handcrafted underscore by Kai, Matt Bicker at DIY Europe, Benjamin Mullins, Wesley Crumb of Wesley Crumb Bladesmith, Matthew Angel at Ad.KnifeWorks, Full Steam Designs by Chris Powell, Zach Byrne at Burn Blades, Nate Wapole, Jared over at Echo Blades, Trox Claire Custom Cutlery, and Neil at Maximus Knives. That's page one. We got to go to page two. Donnie Dulovich, our man in Florida. Thomas Moberg of TMO Knives. Dennis Terrell. Leon Shanks of Two Birds Blade Works. Jared over at Cust- uh, Weaver's Custom Metalworks or Master of Metal Manipulation. Uh, Be- Richard Beck over at Beck's Armory. MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. 
That's Lawrence Lake. Um, Oxford Blade Co., Caroline Jeanette Racine, Ryan Chadbourne Knifeworks, Working Hands Podcast, KnifeMaterial.at, Cardoso Knives in Portugal, James Hunsberger, Hunsberger Pocket Knives, Crafty Man Forge, Ken Kimna, Mark LeBlanc, which is Papa underscore Hatch underscore Axe, Brian Hooten of Hooten Knives, Bob over at, at Shed underscore 72, Keith Drennan at Blackthorn Concepts, Menster Hill Forge, Scott Wilkerson at Phoenix Works, your short fat friend, Brigham Kendell, Bob <laughs> Ryan, Eric at Overall Makerworks, Jamie Blow, Michael Nye, Noah Bloomberg, Devin and Dustin O'Hara at the Art of Craftsmanship, Justin Miller, Mark Vanderwerf of 118 Blades, and Marcus over at MW Steelworks. We appreciate you all. Thank you so much for, for supporting our work. And I would like to give a special shout out to our primary sponsor, which is lawrence lake at maritime knife supply.com let me just tell you guys this quick story about something that happened this week business-wise with lawrence and i i'm doing the ribbon burner project and i need a whole lot of castolite 30 which is this refractory it's like castable refractory and in a conversation when we were in atlanta at blade show i just vaguely remember him saying he has a contact over at the company that makes this stuff now i have been paying a hundred and seventy nine dollars for 55 pounds of it and i knew that i was getting completely slammed like on price i was getting middled probably like five times <laughs> and um and i so I, I texted lawrence i said hey man wh- who's your contact he said let me dig somebody up for you because it's going to be different i'm in canada you're in the u.s blah 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 he contacted the company got me in contact with a guy who has a distribution warehouse right here in florida and i'll have nice. an entire pallet of castellite 30 in my shop tomorrow oh, uh, nice. because Sweet. uh he was able and i mean it's just like having little connections like that with people who are in the industry and why it is so important to know somebody like lawrence you lake only need one. and yeah, by the way the, the 180 dollars a bag i was paying turned into 80 dollars a bag Oh, there wow. it is. There it is. That's Damn, nice. So go to MaritimeKnifeSupply.com because you need to know Lawrence Lake and what he's up to. He will ship you anything out of Canada into the U.S. He does it every single day. And you can twice take advantage day, of the U.S. twice a day. You can use the USD to Canadian exchange rate, get an awesome deal, and support a maker like Lawrence Lake. We appreciate you, Lawrence. Thank you so much. Yeah, buddy. That's crazy. That's sweet. Yeah, it's it, yeah, it's nuts. I mean, I mean, of course, I had to buy a, a whole lot to get that price, but I'm, you yeah. know, we'll burn through it. So it's, you know, try and then all the other vendors that I've been dealing with, they they were all well, we're two to four weeks out and, and all this stuff. I'm like, not good enough. Like I'm building, yeah. I'm gonna build a hundred yeah. rib- ribbon burners. I need, I need a ton of castellite. And yeah. and then the other thing about this company too is they wanted to know why I needed uh, the castellite. <laughs> And when I told them what I was doing and I shared, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) this will withstand 3000 Fahrenheit, won't it? Oh, perfect. I'm building a mortuary. Um, uh, A crematorium. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, No, it was it was like they wanted to get involved in what I was doing. You know, they were like, oh, this is really great. And then, you know, I shared my social media with them and they were like, oh, this is so you know cool, you know, that you're doing this. They're they're pretty cool folks to deal with. So yeah, that's rad. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah that ribbon burner is just sweet, man. That thing looks so cool. It yeah. is. It is. It was really fun to figure that out, and yeah. and then it was even more fun 
to prove all of the people who told me (laughs) I was doing it wrong that I was doing it right. That was just so sweet. (laughs) And I, I, I just, I got like, and, and it, it was like from a couple of people who I knew were in the industry and they were yeah. like trying to like shadily discourage me from doing this mm. because I sort of feel like they were feeling like I might be kind of putting my fingers yeah, in their cookie jar. Mm. And I was like, yeah, that sucks to be you because now I know you're kind of a douche. So, right. yeah. Instead of just People being encouraging and being like, way to go. They were like, no, nah, that ain't going to work. You're, you know, blah, blah, blah. Okay. People right. are something, man. Yeah. You know, you know, one thing I realized, too, is that the older I get and the more I learn, the more I realize that there's a million ways to do something. Like, people come out and say, yeah. oh, that's not the right way. It's like, yep. you know, somebody with four times your experience would say, yeah, that's one of the ways to do it. There's dozens of them as well, you know? Right. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit on the, the episode with uh, 419 Bladeworks there. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the, like, I can almost remember to the to the time period, like with woodworking, you get to this point where it's kind of analysis paralysis in a way, but I started looking at a project and realizing that I knew about 10 different ways to do it. Right. And that became almost paralyzing in a way, because like, you, you know, so much about so many different ways of doing something that it becomes tricky, like which one's best. And you mm-hmm. can start over analyzing, you know, where uh, Jimmy DeResta always says, you know, just start. It doesn't matter how or what or, or when, you know, just fucking start. That's Do the hardest something. part is getting and that's started. That's the hardest part. But, and then if you like, share all this stuff on social media, what will happen is, and we've talked about this, is the noise. Yeah. It starts up. The people uh-huh. telling you, and, and especially like with someone like me who shares the process, and I fully yeah. believe in this, by the way, sharing my journey as a, as a maker or as a prototype or whatever, it's, it's super important to me because I feel like the like, five to 10% of the people who are actually trying to help and have really good insights and do help it, it launches me. I mean, it takes me light years ahead of where I would have been, but then you got all these, you know, you got all these people that are kind of sneaking in and saying, you know, you're doing that wrong. And it's really hard sometimes because some of those people you really respect and you're like, Oh, shit, you know, Mm. either he knows what he's talking about and I should listen to him or, I might lose yeah. respect for somebody that I th- had some respect for and mm. that that might suck too. So That's I have learned, uh... here's what I have learned. I keep my mouth shut unless I am 1000% right. absolute on what I am talking about. So if somebody asks me then... about a grinder, I know what yeah. I'm talking about there. I can, I can definitely yep. comment on that. And I only comment if I'm asked I was going to say, you it. scroll unless you're asked, right? Unsolicited advice. <laughs> yeah. You know what you should do? <laughs> you should Nobody do it right. You should do. Shut and not wrong. <laughs> Get out of town. Yeah. It's a weird world we live in, you know, where um, if, if you're going to be on social media, you're you almost have to be transparent to an extent, you know, it's like an, an expectation that comes with it in a way, but 
it's it's an important part i think for someone to see the amount of energy time and thought that's put into something yeah so that later down the road when you list it for sale there's less of a you know could Mm -hmm. i just buy that from amazon or could i just get that somewhere else because by oh. the time they've sensed or they, they, they've been able to watch the process, they now know that I did everything I could have to make sh- the best product yep. possible. And and it's it's like that's part of my sales process of just letting yeah. the product and my time and all those things kind of speak for themselves. And then when it comes down to it, I have like this long list of social media I can go back to and I can look mm-hmm. at and I can see my progress, too, because that's like an important part of who I am. Cause I like to go back and just go, Sarah and I were just having this discussion. Like we were talking about, okay, we reached 14,000 subscribers or followers on Instagram. Probably one day we're going to giggle at that and go, yeah. man, remember when we just had 14 and we thought that was like such a big deal. Yeah. It really does help me keep pushing forward because those things are like milestones to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I can see my development and I can see that I'm doing things and I'm making an impact. I think that's, yeah. Well, speaking of like showing that whole, like showing the process and how much work goes into something, I can remember stumbling upon the the maker, online maker world with a Duresta video. And I can remember thinking, because all of Jimmy's videos are generally sped up, right? And, mm-hmm. and in a lot of ways, it makes shit look so easy and quick, mm-hmm. you know? And I can remember, I mean, I had made stuff forever. And I can remember watching his videos and thinking like, shit, I'll just go bang out whatever the hell it was, you know, in, in nine minutes or less, you know, and then you get in the middle of it and, you're, and then you start remembering like this shit takes a lot of fucking time, man. That's you know, one thing that it's I, not a sped up video in real life. <laughs> that's one of the things that I learned the hard way with hand sanding. I'm yeah. doing the collaboration with, uh, with Dennis Tyrell I mean, the first time I hand sanded it, I spent five and a half hours and the grueling five and a half hours that was it's I, I had never done that much before. And then after I got done, I etched it and there was something wrong and I had to, you know, re hand sand it, yeah, again. Do it again. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's just like I, I had never really sat down yep. and had to do that before because 99 percent of the time I just do a hand finish or, you know, I get it up or, or excuse me, a belt finish, belt finish or yeah. I get it up to, you know, a, a, you know, decently high belt finish and then do a little bit of hand sanding. You just got to build one of those machines that Jeremy. Right. Builds. Yeah. That's what I was right? going to come on to. Next. That you know, thing is the, awesome. Where's that thing going to live in your shop? It's going to be on wheels. But that, yeah. that's one thing I'm stoked about. Like before, it was so big and arduous. I had to have it in the shipping container. And then if I needed it, I'd bring it out. And it, it's not light. Like it's heavy. I'll and bet. so, yeah, uh, yeah that, that hasn't been done yet. It's kind of underneath the workbench at the moment. But I'm going to put uh, three legs on it because it, it's kind of a T-shaped frame that it's on. Mm. And uh, that's going to be nice. I'm going to get a really comfy chair for it. I'm going to maybe build yeah. a, like a drink holder on the side there. So <laughs> put, put the TV in front of it there, flick it on, and just sit there and watch YouTube <laughs> while I'll, you air you know quotes what? hand sand. <laughs> I had this thought one morning when I woke up. I was like, you know what would be kind of cool is if Jeremy put, you know how on uh you can get these for bicycles and you can get them for like all kinds of things that spin, but like a counter that would tell you, Oh, you know, how, how, many strokes? How, how many strokes it took That's to a get a specific idea. fish finish. Right. And then, 
you would just know. And then you, what you could do is you would know how long it took to get that count. Hours. Yeah. Or, you know, is it 30 minutes? Is it whatever? And then you would just set a timer on the machine, like uh, just a twist timer that would just turn it on and then yeah. run it for that amount of time. And it would turn itself off. That way you could mm-hmm. just walk away. Right. I mean, yeah. you don't really have to put pressure on it. Right. Cause you had, didn't you build some sort of built-in weight or something that kind no, of put pressure but, on it? No, that tons of people suggested that. And it might it be work. something I do in the future. Like if you basically had kind of an arm that came down and then you can attach your sanding block, whatever shape it is you're using, and then have like one of those air pistons, you know, that holds up your toolbox lid or yeah. something. Yeah. Just to keep a steady pressure. And pressure <laughs> you just yeah. turn it on and leave. <laughs> yes. That'd be brilliant. Yeah. I, I think be. I'd like to do that. That, that thing it came up. And forget it. Yeah. And maybe some side to side motion with that thing too. Just a slight, yeah. just to kind of mix up where the abrasive oh, is hitting the steel. Orbital. Yeah. 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 It doesn't even have to orbit. Just has to move in that X and Y axis, yep. like just slightly. But yeah. yeah. So you can adjust I, that it, thing. Yeah. yeah. That thing is just absolutely brilliant. Awesome. And, and, you know, I know that there's been other people who have had similar designs. Mm-hmm. I've seen uh, a couple out there, but like, the way you put yours together and how simple it was, I was just like, oh, man, it's, it's and I, so and of course, I geek over you how you made the video and stuff, too. So I'm just like, yeah, it's so simple. You just go like, why, why didn't, yeah, like, this should just be a, an actual it thing. It should just be a, t- uh, yeah, it should be a thing. Somebody should make yeah. these. And I like I just have like heavy duty drawer slides on there and tons of comments saying like, oh, that's a bad decision. Oh, yeah. But before I go out and order a linear bearing. I, right. I thought I may as well just try it out to see how it works. Easy and enough to swap. Yeah. Might yeah. as well spend yeah. $30 instead of 300 Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> and uh, to my surprise, like, it works good. And the thing I was concerned about was J-hooks, right? Like, when you mm. stop one direction and go the next, I thought if there's yes. any wiggle in there. Yeah. And uh, I did have to do some some adjusting and, and, like, lining everything up very precisely, but... I am blown away. It it goes forward and it stops and goes backwards. Yeah, in exactly the same line. So, wow. it is slick. I'm I'm pretty happy with it. It's nice to have that. Yeah. Uh, it's also mildly dangerous. Everybody says, "Oh, you're gonna kill yourself." Well, I guess you're not paying attention. You know, anything's right. dangerous. But you everything make a, in the shop is dangerous. You should yeah. make a video of you sharpening a knife first and then putting it on there and then putting a glove on, a very thin glove, and putting your hand right over it. And be like, "Look at how simple this can be." Yeah. And then, the, and then, uh, just the camera falls over, and it's like, like some red comes down the screen, yeah. and you're just like, ah. That's that's your Halloween yeah. video right there. Yeah, there it is. Then I hit the Cut. floor. Yeah, it is so. funny because it made me think too of like in woodworking. There's always this like battle between the traditionalists versus you know the the CNC folks, and uh, you know like uh, there's folks that'll just use hand tools. You know, mm. and I I started thinking like, man, if that thing, if somebody invented that for woodworking, sure as shit, people would be bitching. Like that's yeah. not woodworking. <laughs> what the fuck are you? You got a hand sand like a fucking man. You know, <laughs> I got that comment a lot. They're like, that's really? not hand sanding if a machine does it. And I'm oh, like, well, geez, no, well, I, I know effect. that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 
is this it a, isn't a suffering contest? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it like we're, we're all trying to make everything better and easier. That's the whole point. Yeah. I get that comment yeah. all the time. Yeah, <laughs> I'd go ahead and build me. that grinder too if I had twenty thousand dollars worth of tools. I'm like, dude, <laughs> go back and look. Three and a half years ago, I built my first grinder with an angle grinder right. and a drill and a couple of things, and I built my first revolution, which, by the way, I use every day. It's still yeah. in my shop. It yeah. runs great. And it, it, but I people, hate that you know, they, comment very so one-sided. much. I hate that comment so. And yeah, by the way, much. I was born with all these tools. Yeah. I just, <laughs> when I was born, I had a tool manufacturer just give me an unlimited yeah. credit card, and and I can just. My go mother swipe gave birth stuff. to my toolbox right yeah. after she gave birth to me. <laughs> I do. To be fair, I do have some of my grandfather's tools, but those are more like sentimental yeah. things. Yeah. Sure, right. of course. Uh, well, boys, we are we are about an hour in. Is it time for a dad joke? It is. You know, I was actually digging around my Instagram uh, messages because somebody sent me a really good dad joke and I cannot find it. it oh, like, no. you know how I get so many and I can't remember. So give me two seconds. Well, Instagram's such a great organized messaging system. I don't know how you could lose anything. <laughs> it, it's terrible because then when no, you sorry, respond guys. to somebody, God it puts awful. your message at the top. Yes, god-awful. I, I, I got a dad joke if you want one. Sure, yes, please, right desperately. Now. Okay, this one's for Ben. This is a woodworking-related one. All right. Some trees are committed to one romantic relationship at a time. They practice mahogany. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a little good. edgy. It's a little edgy. Yep. I like that. Well then, I I got out of my responsibilities for the week. I don't I don't have to do it because Jeremy did it for me. Like much like Jeremy's hand sanding machine does all the work for him. (laughs) Right there, you go. That's right. Exactly. Uh, So real quick, I wanted to just tell you guys what I've got going on this week in the shop. This is my first week back. I've been traveling, and uh, obviously, if you've watched any of my. one of one of you, I would imagine, has seen a result of the 4.4 million people who have watched my uh, ribbon burner development on on Instagram, which is like awesome to me. I, I love that so many people are watching this. Um, and of course, we're now in full swing production, like making. So we've figured it out. We've made a whole bunch and just made sure they work. You know, that was the other thing is like you can make one and it works. That's great. Can you repeat that process reliably? You know, so now we're into the whole manufacturing, small scale manufacturing of that. Right. And then um, taking that same ribbon burner and then now mounting it in an actual Apollo forge. So that's what we're doing now just to verify that the science behind the prototype and the new ribbon burner all work. And I think they will. And if you've seen some of the ways that I'm doing the formation of this now, uh, that was the hardest part because we thought like, okay, we're going to 3D print all the molds, but that takes too long. Um, And ultimately what we came up with is using that that fiberboard from Home Depot and then using a 3D printed base. PVC so that the base that shit's great, PVC man. board and it's in, inexpensive unbelievably yeah, it really inexpensive is. yeah like for like, I, like around 35 dollars you can have a, a, yep. a two or a one they call it a one by eight and it's yep. about eight feet long and it, it that stuff is like it'll last forever it'll out yeah, and it's good outside too i've cut signs out of it and all kind of shit out of it yeah you were saying that it can be cnc routed too it takes like yeah. a cnc it's so got a uh, with that a different density the the outside skin is a is a either a different yeah, kind of it's plastic like more like or, melamine 
yeah. it's like melamine and then the inside is like foam but it's foam it's all pvc supposedly foam. but yeah just a different concoction in the middle but yeah good stuff we're doing that so yeah that that's been going good and we're restocking just about everything because we you know we go through these phases where we make a whole bunch of stuff and then we take like a month and we sell it all Mm. and um this go around it's like we we can't do that we're in we're selling as fast as we're making so it's just Mm. you know keep keep pushing keep making and then obviously we have the other we've closed on the other building now and we're expanding into that so we've got contractors over there doing demo work and putting in an air conditioning system and then after that we'll kind of figure out the floor and the paint and all that so uh yeah that's so exciting stuff um, yeah yeah big 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 excitement i'm, I'm enjoying it i'll um, just go i'll just go quickly through my week so last episode i talked about how i was going to go up to Mackinac to start on this uh sword build with the damascus like making the damascus and he pushed off until thursday the day that this comes out so now it's it's tomorrow that I'm going to be going up to Mackinac nice and early and making that Damascus. So to fill that time, Kyle and I finished up a couple of projects um, in YouTube. I finished up a batch and coincidentally found out that there was a art show going on down in um, Mount Pleasant where I live. So basically I, I bought a table, bought one of those little like, you know, canopy things and went and sat at at the um the art show all day did you i gotta know did you specifically request the table behind the yoga pants hotties <laughs> or <laughs> no it, it happened to be right next to where a live band was playing and... yeah. you had all the girls hanging around hey man when there's when there's beautiful knives out on yeah. the table you, hey ladies you, you, you want to check out my You're blades s- your table looked really nice your setup really was did, sweet man. i mean it looked yeah. beautiful man, that thing, so that thing came together in like no time flat. <laughs> so how, how did it go? I mean, I'm curious, you know, the sales. Well, I mean, so half of my table was just, it just so happened I had a batch that I had finished. So I was able to lay out just to kind of show off what I can build if people time. were doing cut to do customs and whatnot. And then a couple other knives that I've been holding on to because they're collaborations. And then the other half were just knives that I had at different, different local shops and I basically just went like, hey, I'm taking oh, all these for the weekends. Nice. And I, I was able to kind of polish them up a little bit and sharp, resharpen a couple of them that were, you know, from a year or so ago. And uh, basically, I was able to set out. And so I sold to three different people the entire <laughs> way through. I okay. sold one $10 bottle opener to the first guy. I told I sold one $10 bottle opener to the second guy. And I had a guy walk by that bought $1,000 worth of knives. That's Whoa. awesome. <laughs> you are yeah. kidding. No, yeah, dude, no, seriously, because awesome. those like those kind of deals can be hit or miss. And most people I talk to, it's miss. You well, know? that's like, the thing is, especially on something like this, where I'm only there for one day and yeah. it's kind of a smaller town and it's art fair. So it's, it's like, you know, the guy, the people next to me are selling macaroons and the other one on the yeah. other side was like selling like a garage sale out of out of their tent. And it was just like, <laughs> you know, this is very like there's one guy over here selling, you know, you know, five dollar things. And then there's my table full of handmade knives. So it's it, I was very out of place. 
And uh, but that's not yeah. a bad thing. I mean, you know, you're you're in a spot where you're getting exposure, and and that's right. kind of how it works yeah. at Blade Show too. Is you hear these guys on the last day, you know, they haven't sold anything Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday comes along, and two or three people come through and clean them out and buy right. everything. Yeah. Well, this so. guy, it just so happened his wife walked by earlier in the day and like walked by. And I was like, oh, these are all handmade. Let me go get my husband. And like three hours later, he came by and was just kind of like standing around talking to me, whatever. And he is, of course, I'm telling him all the, the spiel and whatnot. And he picks up this knife. and He was like, OK, I, li- I like the way that this one feels. And he, he sets that one aside and he picks up the next knife. And, oh, I like the way that that one feels. And he, he basically does that a couple, you know, a couple knives. And, okay, so I'm, <laughs> nice. I'm, I'm at doing the math here. It should be what a, yada, yada, yada. And then yeah. so basically on Monday. Um, I like the way my wallet feels. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then now on Monday I'm going to be meeting him and we're going to be designing up a full kitchen set. So oh, yeah. Look at you. Nice. Yeah, nice. Very I'm much. So it's totally worth doing this. Oh, totally. a thousand percent. Well, it would have been worth even without him. I gave out probably 250, 300 cards. Yeah. Nice. And every single person that walked by and said, oh, my husband or oh, my cousin is really into knives. I took a big, like a, probably 10 cards or so and it's like okay give it give this stack to him and let him you know give them yeah, out sure. to his friends and kind yeah. of be thinking uh, i'm sure i'm sure stuff. only one of those type of one of those people are actually going to do it but hey that, that yeah could but convert. hey a card cost you five cents you know right not even yeah. right that's that's an amazing story brian i i'm so glad it worked out for you and and you know what's interesting too is that you're you've gained access to this potential lifelong customer now of somebody who appreciates uh, your work and that's yeah. you know all you could ask for is somebody that's really you never know i mean the guy could be you know an ex-executive somebody's got a lot of money and he just he, he yeah. wants to have nice things and you know well it's that's nice i've been talking back and forth later on that day he came back with a backpack full of custom knives that he wanted just wanted to show me because he especially oh, nice. in this small oh, wow. town you know he's He's a knife nut and like he's like, oh, you're a knife nut, too. I get we can talk about yeah. this type of stuff. So I got <laughs> to like kind of sit aside and see all the fun stuff. But, I love yeah, it. That was, that was really it. cool. And That's then, of cool. course, uh, tomorrow we're going to be heading up to Mackinac and I'll be forging my first Damascus billet. And of course, the first Damascus billet, it's got to be a sword. So we're going we're going full <laughs> yeah. blast on that. It's really a shame you're going to lose to me even after you put all of that effort into this. And yet somehow I'm still going to beat you in this. Well, you haven't beaten me yet. So, you know, it's about time. You. I think it it is. I think it is about time. I'm getting serious. I like seeing you guys go back and forth. I'll tell you. (laughs) The shit talk is all we have. It really is. It's a good time. Sure. It's funny. Man. So, Ben, what's going on in your shop this week? Boy, I'm actually talking to you guys while uh, while cutting out some apron parts here. And, nice. Uh, so we're in full production mode. I'm a little bit behind on some orders, but we're catching up right now. So I got, uh, I think, six, six aprons to ship. And so they're going to go out this week. 
been not much in the wood shop. Six but... aprons. That's a yeah. lot of freaking aprons, dude. It is. Wow. Tell me about it. <laughs> my uh, my fingers feel every hand stitch. Oh, <laughs> and I'm at that. I'm at that it's point. It's time to get you know, a machine. I mean, you you bought well, that machine. Is it back yeah, from the repair? It place just or? needs tuned up. I, I'm at that point where I'm like, I. I can't justify taking two hours to go over there and I have see. them help yeah. me. You know, it's like that weird mm. spot. I probably could, and I probably you need to should. Do you got it. And I probably it. will tomorrow, but, um, you know, it's just been like, ah, just head down. But it's kind of a, I've kind of, having that many to make has been good because I've gotten my process down. Mm. Sure. And so making the straps and stuff, surprisingly like there's quite a bit just that goes into the straps um you know you've got uh what six one two well there's three swivel snap things there's center bar buckles there's tons of rivets and i'm cutting them out of um i'm cutting them out of veg tan from wicket and craig which is just buttery smooth leather to work with but is that that uh, Michigan-based leather? Uh, no, the, no. The real Actually, good they, stuff. Uh, surprisingly, <laughs> they um, they source all their all their hides from Canada, which is oh. strange. So the, Wicked and Craig was originally, stuff. yeah, they were originally Canadian, and they actually moved to the states in. Like right around 1980, I think the Olympics Frickin were going immigrants on. coming here, taking all yeah. our jobs. It's kind of funny. <laughs> and I thought about this because they, they like hey, they claim to be off, like eh? one of like the two oldest vegetable tanned tanneries in the U.S. But but the first I don't know what 40 50 years of their existence was in Canada. You know, so any I think they're they're one of probably five oldest in the world, I would guess, that still use the vegetable tan process like very traditional. But but what it's vegetable heavy. do they use to make the leather? Is it uh, uh, hemlock. hemlock? Hemlock bark. Got it. Yeah. A lot it. of hemlock bark goes into it. But it's thick ass. Is that leather. a joke? Because I don't really know if that's a joke. No, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Mahogany. I'm like, I have no idea if that's actually no, a thing. No, they do. Yeah, like, they use, they a lot use of some hemlock. eye of newt and um, other <laughs> yeah. other things. Surprisingly, so this surprised me. I I've been there a couple times now, and the last time I was back there, I took Jack over, and we kind of poked around, did a little touring, and. Um, from start to finish, from the moment that they start to move a hide through the process until it's done, can take anywhere from six to eight weeks. Oh, wow. Whoa. Which blew my mind. It spends yeah. two weeks alone, uh, two full weeks in the broth, if you will, of, yeah, hemlock bark and all kinds of other. And that big. Know, that cauldron Organic. with like a woman yeah. with a black hat and a big wart yeah. on her face and she's yeah. like stirring it and which is tit. doing her thing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so just working with that thick of leather, you know, is kind of a pain in the ass, especially how when many you've ounces got a, is it? What what's it's the thickness? Ten or twelve. Um, oh my gosh. So it's I don't oh, know what yeah. almost oh it's damn near a quarter of an inch thick. Yeah. And I 
I sort of I could you know this I could is for have the straps right this yep. is only for the straps because you use thinner leather just for, for the, the straps and the... then I use an oil tan uh, leather for the bodies and I yeah. chose oil tan mostly just because it's a lot more flexible um, and it's still bomb proof you know um, it does scratch up and mark a little easier but the nice thing about an oil tan is you can just rub those scratches right out and still mm. looks good. Mm. But yeah, I, it's been fun. It's been cool to get the process going and get it figured out. It's a nice break from a hot workshop up here in the, uh, up here in my old, uh, telework office. So it's That's right. You moved everything fully converted uh, air conditioned. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. It's really, really been nice. And then finished up at the school. School started Monday. Nice. So, so you're finally done with all those projects. Yeah, there's still some odds and ends to pick up and, you know, finish up. And then they've still got projects moving on into the future. But like the oh. big, massive rush that was the past month is now finally over. Nice. And we did so many freaking things to that place. But yeah, so I'll be still working at the school you know, probably 10 hours a week or so if I had to guess. Uh, right. But that means that things. you can, you can get back into your shop a little bit. More yes. Often. Yes. Get, yeah. Get back to a little bit more normal. I was, I mean, I was literally putting in probably close to 16 hour days there for the past month. Oh, wow. It was just yeah. killing me. <laughs> Brutal. <just> like, <laughs> but yeah pretty good yeah so hopefully orders keep coming for aprons and uh i keep we can go to butlerbuilt.us and see yeah. all the offerings however you will not find a brian house edition of that no. apron for some no. reason i don't know what i did yeah. to you ben but uh well i just can't come up with a sick. design that no is i have good the enough. i got one i've got <laughs> all right one. We're, let's uh, do we're, it i'm, I'm thinking color? that first of all what color I like the color you sent me, which is that okay. like uh, that almost bur it's not burgundy, but it's I like I think that's like the a same leather that I'm using for the bodies now. It's yes. like a like a deep dark brown. Mm. Yeah, the dark brown. And then I was thinking a lightning bolt, which is my Ooh. you know, between the H and the yeah. M a lightning bolt mm -hmm. insignia somewhere. Yeah. And then also I would like to have a spot for uh, my my everyday carry knife, you know, somewhere on okay. maybe on the inside or whatever. And on the other side, I like to have a spot for my 380 because I've got a I've got a concealed yeah. carry 380 that I you know you never know when I have to pull <laughs> that out. <laughs> Somebody's pissing me off around here. I start waving my gun UPS, around. UPS man, UPS man. <laughs> Don't, don't make me don't make me do it but uh yeah something along those things. lines you yeah, know we we we've put uh sky's we've the put limit stash pockets uh stash right. pockets in a pickle. Gr yeah. green strapped apron which pickle's gonna kill me if i don't actually put that thing in the mail this week but it's it's going i promise <laughs> Uh, one last thing i want to ask jeremy so we always do the thing where we talk about the workshop projects uh, do you know what your next uh, YouTube video is going to be about? Like, what um, are you going to make? I, well, I've actually got a knife that I'm I'm at the point of heat treat, and I'm going to try an S-grind. I've never done an S-grind before. 
Okay. And so the half, like up until now, it was all filmed in the garage. And then, so I'm just, I'm, I guess I've, I've let the cat out of the bag, but not everybody watches those, right? So I'm, it'll be interesting to see if people that don't watch my other videos notice that the... Uh, that you're in a different shop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that will uh, be interesting. <laughs> yeah. I was going to keep it a complete secret. I think just, they'll notice. Yeah. I was going to just not say anything about it, but then, uh, you know, I need to get videos for my sponsors and it, it just works perfectly. I mean, Princess Auto, I mean, you got to get a video for them once a month and they have yeah. so yeah, many things to, to build out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I'm having a hard time keeping it related to my channel. Like they've got a motorcycle lift on sale right now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hey, yeah. I've got all these gift cards. Yeah, why not? Yeah. yeah. Make it I pick happen. up a new drill press. Maybe we'll see, but um, yeah. Yeah, I think the next knife build will be that one. Just like an eight inch, uh, like a wall handled uh, kitchen knife. And I think it's Nitro V, I believe. Will uh, you be doing the cryo treatment on it? Yes. Like you normally do? That, okay. Yeah, that's been done. And, oh, that's and I did all done. that. Yeah, so it's all pre-ground. And so basically it's just a, a blank that's been heat treated. And now I'll grind in the bevels. So Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Nice. So here's Very a cool. here's a sort of a somewhat follow up. Um, I w we were collecting questions before, and I think one I threw out there, and I'm curious to know if you could choose like to to have the same followership you have now and everything else. Would you switch to bikes, like motorcycles and bicycles, or would you continue the knife path? Probably the knife path, I yeah. think. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, it's a tough one to say because I, I'm very passionate about both. Right. I really like knives. I love thinking about knives. I like buying knives, yeah. making them, and the exact same way with bicycles. I just bought another bicycle. <laughs> like, nice. Like, uh, it's just it's out of control. You have um, a problem, Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> you definitely well, have a problem. You yeah. should see yep. somebody about this. But it's you're okay. not alone okay. in that problem, and that's I, – I don't know. It's – kind of a curious thought to me just Boise's a very bike town it's yes. a big bike town here yep and um i think the diversity you could attract it with a channel about bicycles would probably be massive right yeah. um you know just like anything it would turn into the same thing you know yeah you, yeah you have, true you're, whether or not you see like i always say this like eventually it all turns into work you know, yeah. if you're yeah, good at something and, you know, yeah. so to choose something like knives, it makes sense because there's so many different facets. When someone asks yeah. me about why knives, why, why, you know, it's like, well, number one, they're cool. I love them. Just like Jeremy was saying, I love buying them. I love looking at them. I love holding them. I love having one on me and I use one multiple times a day and it's not just metallurgy. It's basically woodworking and uh, you know all these other things come into place it's sculpture it's functional sculpture mm -hmm. and there's only so much you can do with these other concepts you know i'd look at these other content creators that are being pigeonholed and the the, the amount of mental focus it must take them to com come up with new yeah. and interesting content must just be it must really be difficult. I, I'm struggling with it. I mean, I make machines yeah. and I'm thinking to myself, like, how many times can I show the revolution yeah. on yeah. YouTube and come up with, I mean, it fo focuses or forces me to come up with new and innovative things, which, yeah. which is awesome. And I love doing that. 
but it's uh, an but inevitable at the same time, part, right? I want to do yeah. something else. I, you know, so that's why I'm doing this whole weekly, bi-weekly, uh, just this is what yeah. I'm up to video. And hey, what are you going to call this, those? Are you going to call them anything special? I, you know, I don't know. I'm going to go the Wrangler Star route where I just yeah. kind of put a clickbaity title on it and just hope mm-hmm. for the best, I think, because... Mm. Um, yeah, I know. It's like not not really clickbait. Workshop but like, diaries. Yeah, he, I don't he really does have some clickbait titles. Oh, yeah. he really does. Yeah, he's I, big I on mean, clickbait. Which is yeah. great. He is, and but, but he's I, honest I, about it, right? Like an honest is. liar is still an <laughs> honest person. You know, like I, here, here's um, here's how I look at it. I I'm gonna throw in a bunch of my normal day to day stuff and make it interesting. And someone told me this, and it might even have been you, Jeremy, is that subscribers don't really matter that much. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people will watch your content. Like only 10% of the people that watch my content are actually subscribed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if I start losing some subscribers over this, it's like, well, you know, it's okay. I I really want to keep making short films. You watch any, yeah. Yeah, I just, I want to give, see, this is what I do. I go home, I eat, and then I sit down and I pull up YouTube. Yep. And I check in on all the channels that I love to follow. And it's not like I'm following them because they're building a boat or they're building a knife or they're doing whatever. You don't I follow care them what because I like them. Yeah. yeah. I, it's, I'm following you're watching a, a sitcom or, you know, or a, a, yeah. a series, a development TV of somebody. Series. Yeah. And, and I, I think... cannot pull myself away from that content. Yeah. And I think about and it would be considered a vlog, but none of them label themselves as vloggers and, right. and all of that. It's just like when Casey Neistat used to release a video and he still does from time to time. And I just get like giddy. I get yeah. excited to watch what he's doing because mm-hmm. it it gives me that same feeling that I get when I watch a movie from one of my favorite filmmakers. But it's like almost weekly. And yeah, I think, right. well, I yep. want to be that guy for somebody. I want somebody to know, like, this week we're making and contact beauty, wheel tooling arms or whatever. I have, I've always somebody thought, will find it interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the beauty of that kind of content, I, I've often thought, is that you don't have to worry too much about the edit. You yeah. know, you can just be Make as it interesting, real keep as it real can be. Keep it flowing. Um, if you're if you're pretty conservative in how much you shoot then the edit should kind of just come together naturally. And they I've been don't thinking, have to be long. They could be like right. eight minutes long. They, they don't yeah. have to be much. And I've been, So w- one of the things that I've been doing with my channel, very, very small channel in comparison to you guys, but, you know, one of the things that I've tried to do is, you know, I'll, some of my videos are shot with Kyle and they're super high end and they're really well done. Some of them are just shot by me and the ones that are shot by me, I've been putting a border around it to kind of have a subtle indicator like, Ah. hey, if you're only here for the, you know, the super sexy slow-mo and, you know, moving camera and videography, then watch the ones without the border. If you're here to learn things or if you're more interested in me, hey, these ones are here too. And I haven't really like labeled that necessarily. Yeah, I haven't like told people, Made but it is a kind it. of a subtle thing that people might catch up on. Well, Stumpy Nubs to... does that thing where yeah. he changes yeah. the background color of his, you know, whatever. And he, and I, he, his, uh, he gets thumbnail. a little shitty about it in the beginning. He's like, this is a video where they'll be yeah. talking and yeah. I will be saying <laughs> things. So if you don't Which, like that, click away now. Every time I see I it, it's kind of, it's funny to me because it's like, I don't know, like I, I've heard some Stumpy and then actually Bob Clagett one time or say, say things like that. And I think, 
well, that's fucking arrogant. You know, like that's <laughs> arrogant not, to assume that everybody follows you that fucking closely because you're such yeah, a big goddamn it, but deal. But it does. It gets there. It gets there. Yeah, it does, and they it get, does. they get, and I understand why. Cause you start seeing if you're, if you're good at it and you're keeping up with comments, yeah, it's going to get annoying to hear people bitching about the same fucking thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I've, Alex Steele made a shirt that says less yak, yak, more whack, whack. Right. And, yep. and that's uh, that is a that is a comment that yep. people will say, I would rather watch you work than talk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, hey, sometimes you need to. I don't know. I've, I've often felt like I need that platform. Right. Or I have a platform or a soapbox. And sometimes you want to stand on it and you want to you want to say something. Well, well, think of it like this. Like, think about how powerful the work for it podcast has become now. Right. Yeah. So, you know, we and honestly, I don't even feel like we're that special. I mean, I we're no. good at what we do now, but it's I really don't think of us in terms of like, you know, we're up, up there with whoever. I think of it in terms of our consistency is really good. Like we have maintained a mm -hmm. weekly show for the last two 100 percent. And that becomes the same concept, right? It's like people just want to listen in to hear what I'm going to say next and what you're going to say yeah. next and, and what we're working on, because this is like the insider's edition of yes. what we really do. You know, it's unfiltered mm -hmm. and unedited. So you get to hear all the fun and interesting things and we make it sort of funny. So it's easy to follow. But the true piece of this really is, is that you just have to be consistent and be genuine. <laughs> yep. Tell a story, be consistent, be genuine, and you'll do fine. Yep. And the reason I'm not starting a second channel is, is because I just don't think I could keep up with it. And you know what? If this one destroys Housemate, it's like, well, I'm only, I'm at 56,000 subs now and I don't get that many anyway. Keep it going, now. So baby. I'm like, Make the pivot. I'm just going to try that this. That makes that is a little bit of a good allegory for what I'm going to be doing with the interviews, because a lot of yeah. people, the, a lot of it's the true. people who I've talked to said, oh, well, you should start a whole new podcast and start that yeah. from scratch again. Mm. And because Build. there's going to be people who are listening who is like, oh, I just want to hear the trio or them talk to people. I don't necessarily want to hear one on one interviews. That's not what I'm here for. Maybe we might lose some people. Nah, but you'll get. In my I mind, don't think so. I think. I think it's easy enough to not download the show, and right. just yeah, like on YouTube, different. it's easy enough not to watch that style of content. If you don't so, like interviews, then then the way we do it now, it would be hard <laughs> to avoid listening. Yeah, I guess interview. that's true, you know, isn't it? A quote quote interview. We don't. I don't or if you just straight up don't like Brian Cohn, there's the, the other end <laughs> yeah. of this. Like you may yeah, just like up. put up with him while we're on the show because you like me and Ben. But you know, everybody else is like, well, that Brian guy can go shove it. You know. But it's <laughs> man, no, you I can get that. so uh, you can get so analytical about all this stuff. You know, I I, I was so head down focusing my YouTube on uh, making content with ShopBot, you know, because that was an agreement I made. And that's, you know, uh, a quote contract I have to do with them that it felt for the longest time like I couldn't do anything but make ShopBot content. And recently I've been, you know, I've been really thinking – I've basically taken two months off of social media, you know, more or less. And it's been great in a lot of ways. It's been terrible in other ways. You know, um, there's parts of it I really enjoy not being in the mix. And then there's other parts where it's like, okay, uh, yeah, I, I, I want to start doing it again. I want to start creating that again. 
And then my basement flooded with seven fucking <laughs> feet of water. And I thought, you know, the very first thing that I thought when I got home and saw that water, I turned my camera on. <laughs> There's just this started, something interesting to talk and I about. I started yeah. shooting content of myself running around like a fucking wild man. I haven't watched it yet. I think I'm going to laugh my ass off when I do. Uh, but now this seven feet of water has given me an entire basement to remodel. And so I think I'm going to jump down that rabbit hole a bit and start making content around that. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, that you've I, been given an opportunity to tell yeah. a story, you know, and, yeah. and that's that's what we all, you know, as you create a lot of content, you realize, like, what am I going to show show today? And it's you all now about have a pretty great story. Yeah. All about the story. Gentlemen, it has been an awesome hour and a half hanging mm-hmm. out. With yeah. You. So I hold now on. Have before to politely we... tell you to fuck off and I need to get back to work. So. Before we jump out of here, I'm thinking we should go ahead and drop the first interview this upcoming Tuesday. Yes. Uh, of who it, it is or it, the actual interview? It. What are you talking it's, about? It's going to be Ben from. Ben Butler? Oh, oh it's boy, not it's Ben Butler. <laughs> that guy's Ben's a bites. weirdo. Ben Seagal. Ben's, Ben's bites. bites. <laughs> Ben's bites. I was going to try to be a little bit more dramatic about that, but. God, God. I thought you had somebody else you wanted to be first. Well, no. So that's that's kind of going to come in probably. Ben a is a later. lifelong fan and supporter of the show and our work. Just an yeah. awesome guy. To ben is one of those off. people that has uh, followed my work anyway from the beginning and has been um, an integral part of my development from just like an encouragement standpoint. Like he's always yeah, always the you first know, right willing to give the attaboy and then also tell me i'm being a moron when i'm being a moron and things like that so <laughs> yeah. he's a good friend and i hope someday i get a chance to go hang out with him and and i can't wait to hear your interview and by yeah. the way we we need a name for brian's little midweek uh, segment so if oh. you've got a name uh brian yeah. now has the access to the work for it dot podcast instagram feed so you can yeah. mes- message there Yes, and somebody messages. will actually read it now, so that's good. <laughs> hey, I actually uh, just got onto it right before we started filming, yeah. and there's there's a solid like block of people that you haven't responded to. <laughs> You're probably just gonna I have to know. start over. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> I I have like piles of mail too that are not open that I need to get to. Sure. So. Um, but uh, I appreciate you guys as always, and Jeremy, thank you so yeah, much for carving too. out uh, some time with us this week. Uh, we are for having me ever so excited for your new journey and cannot wait to see what you do in the future man and uh thank you for being an inspiration to us all yeah you bet and while i have the chance to tell you in person i love your guys podcast so thank you guys i think i represent the great listening audience that we do appreciate what you guys put out and i listen every week like thursdays but boom it's fantastic so keep up the great work i i truly appreciate it and i know there's hundreds and thousands of others that do as well Thank wow. you so much. Thank That's awesome. You. That's an awesome compliment. Hell Whenever yeah. I hear people tell me this, especially people that like I looked at like before and just followed along, and it blows my damn mind that yes. uh, that that you all are listening. So we truly appreciate that. Thank you so much. And if you would like to contribute, if you've got some value out of what you heard today, you can. Take some of that value and throw it back at us by going to patreon.com forward slash work for it. 
And uh, you can sign up for as little as $1 a month or $10.80 a year. I have paid less for... Trying to think. <laughs> what have I paid... I paid less for a, Socks. more for other things. I was going to say anyway, something, but it's very inappropriate. I know where your mind is going. You need to go oh, to church. Oh, you want massage? You want massage? <laughs> go to church, Ben. Get yourself cleaned up. All right. Goodness. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. By the way, last week we nailed the ending. Nailed it. This week. Not so much, but <laughs> one of these days, one of Keep these trying. days, we will get this down. Thank you. Thank you so much again. We appreciate you. I know you're going to have a good working week ahead. My name is Brian House, and this has been the work for it. I'm stretching it out. I'm stretching, I'm stretching it out. It's work for what? Work, work for, for us? It. Work for labor for it? I don't work know. Work for free. <laughs> for free. Give it all away, baby. Goodbye. Goodbye.